Welcome. I'm Mike O'Leary, host of Making It to the Other Side, a podcast about chartered accountants who are making a difference every day, working with businesses and clients to navigate times of crises and help plan for the future. Thanks for joining me. In this episode, I'm speaking to Cormac Denton, former CFO of hospitality group Kapura. A couple of months before New Zealand went into lockdown, Cormac already had insight that significant change was on the horizon and fast, smart action was imperative. For Cormac, that action was the development and implementation of Kapura's critical management plan, which ultimately led to a restructure that left him out of a job. So what next? Let's go to my conversation with Cormac now to learn what helped him get through this challenging time and how in the midst of a countrywide lockdown, he landed a new role. Thanks for joining us today, Cormac. Thanks, Mike. Cormac, can I ask you to take your mind back to probably our last bit of normalcy this year, maybe February 2020. Um, Kapura was in a tremendous growth phase. Um, everything was looking great. Yeah, sure. So for people who don't know, Kapura bars and restaurants, you know, we'd, we'd grown from when I joined uh, four and a half years ago, about about 12 bars. We got up to uh, 35, 36, um, some verticals sitting in there. So brewery, um, function centres, a whole lot of really interesting hospice-based things. And we were really gunning for growth. So we'd been double, double, double for about five or six years, and we were looking to double again this year, believe it or not, and the year after. So that was that was where we were at in about February. And then we started to get a couple of shaky moments. Two of my staff members are Chinese, um, and one of them missed out the lockdown from Wuhan by about two days. Um, so he came back to New Zealand in January, um, and at that stage we were trying to really understand what this new flu was like and whether we should be treating it any differently to other pandemics that were happening at the same stage, which was uh, you had Samoa had the measles outbreak. And then if we fast forward about another month, uh, another one of my staff members was going through the CA program, wanting to visit her parents in in Chinese New Year. Um, So she was uh, from Shanghai and she spent three weeks locked up in her apartment. We had really early warning signs going through. That early look at what might be coming, how did that help the business? We were looking at what was happening as countries were starting to go to lockdown. And so takeaways were a big thing. Um, so we had thought we'd be able to take uh, do takeaways from our bars and restaurants. We had thought we'd be able to be regional hubs. So people would be able to, rather than going to the supermarket, come into a bar or restaurant, pick up their milk, pick up their bread, and and maybe in the afternoon pick up some takeaways or something like that and and, and carry on through. And that was that was our MO right up to about a week or two before lockdown. Uh, and then as as lockdown hit, we knew that it was actually getting more and more unlikely that we'd have a delivery model. So we as as a team uh, came to the realization that our revenue was going to go to zero and we weren't sure how long. Or what that would look like. So as a management team, we we sort of looked at, okay, how how can we try and get the company to survive and, and what does that mean? And I can still recall the Friday before lockdown. So lockdown levels were announced on the Saturday. Lockdown was announced, I believe, from recollection on the, on the Monday. That Friday afternoon, we had um, probably one of the harshest meetings for Kapura and, and for our support team. We were essentially looking at 25% of our staff being left 
and potentially further cuts after that. If you can imagine a very large business that's grown really, really quickly and we've been faced with so many challenges, for us that was absolutely heart-wrenching. We hadn't done systemic restructures. Every restructure we'd done prior was about growth, about, you know, divvying up responsibilities appropriately so people could get through. But this one was heart-wrenching. I I, I know the two founders shed tears that day. And I know that lots of people will face similar sort of circumstances. I know that people going through liquidations face similar sort of events. But to have something that's so uncontrollable, um, it was, yeah, it, it was really, really trying times for the business and for everyone involved. And there was almost a pleasure when we went into lockdown because at level four, um, it was out of our hands. There was nothing more we could do. And we knew that we were now at zero revenue. And we knew that that was going to be the case for the foreseeable future. Cormac, I'm interested in your staff because I know you have hundreds of staff. There's a number of ways of looking at this. Are they a valuable resource or are they a commodity? How did you uh, approach it? Yeah, unfortunately, both um, is, is, is the short answer. We were having so many conversations with staff. And, and it wasn't just about the impact to them and their role. A lot of the times we were the voice piece for staff for their emotional expression and, and for that grieving process. And the one thing I think I, I value the most about Kapoor and about our, our senior team there is the brutal honesty. Jamie, the chief exec, brutally honest. Um, I remember on, on the Monday when lockdown uh, was hitting and everyone was going home, um, he gathered everyone together and said, hey, look, you know, um, it, it'd be grateful Labor's in. They will try and look after people as much as possible. Look after your, your friends and your family first and we'll work out what the future looks like. But there was that brutal honesty of we actually don't know what it means. It wasn't that we had answers. It, it, it was that sort of respect piece there. The second piece is, is the commodity piece, and, and that's it's harder to describe. Fundamentally, our business is, is about social connection, and we had to relinquish that. What we've got here uh, with the impact of COVID is a blip. And now that blip, whether it lasts for a couple of months, whether it lasts for six months or lasts 18 months. And so we were modelling out to, to Christmas 2021 when we thought we'd be back in a normal scenario after going through a, a health impact and, and then a recession. We looked at that and, and we, were, we, were, we were really getting to two points. One is, do we have a viable business after the fact? So after health scare, or health impact, and after a recessionary impact caused by that or cyclical in nature, then do we have a viable business or not? Because if we don't, we might as well close shop. And so those were the levels of conversation that we were having with the investors in the bank and and other stakeholders as well within government. Obviously, employing a 1,000 people, the last thing you want to do is shut your doors and and have a 1,000 people and a 1,000 families being impacted by that as well. So a huge burden of responsibility there. The second part is then to model out or understand what's this impact of this blip or what what's the cash component it's going to cost you. So Kapura, like many other organisations, would have used the same methodology. And, and, and so it's really focusing in on 
what are the assumptions what does it look like and and are we bankable is is you know and and who needs to provide what mike here again if you're enjoying this episode of making it to the other side then why not check out some of our other stories Listen to my conversations with CAs playing an absolutely crucial role in helping businesses recover from crises. You can subscribe and download Making It to the Other Side from your favourite podcast app. Cormac, we've talked about brutal honesty and really tough decisions. You made one of those about yourself. You know, how did you cope with that? And, you know, what support mechanisms at home did you have? Yeah, so it was, it was, lockdown was really tough. Um, so myself and my wife both working full time, three year old, one year old. So then layered on top of that, you have to think about yourself and what you're going through. To be honest, I thought about the company, I thought about the journey I'd been on. You know, we had a high growth hospitality company, and most, you know, if, if you talk to a lot of people, their concern is hospitality's risky, it will fold. So we successfully grew that year on year on year on year. And so there was a really good story there. And then I looked at the next couple of years. The next couple of years are going to be really, really trying for the business. And they're going to need certain skill sets, but they're going to need to have a business that's really, really whittled down. And I looked at what I enjoy and what that means. And I also thought about the cost of of either myself taking a, a salary sacrifice or essentially the rest of the team having to having to leave or, or what that means. So I looked at my circumstances and I thought it was the right time and it was the right move. And did you do a little self-assessment, look at your resources, your capability, your resilience and say, where's that going to take me? Oh, completely. Uh, so week before lockdown, um, we had gone to the bank, we had extended our mortgage, we'd sold down all of the shares before the share price went down, which was actually a good thing. Uh, and we worked out on a cash flow basis how long we could last for it. But we worked out that, you know, by, by drawing on the mortgage, we could survive in a, in a lower lifestyle for, for probably a year's time. And we counted ourselves really, really lucky. So that was, that was number one. Once we knew that that was taken care of and once we knew our sons were taken care of, then the rest was what it was. Now, crises get us to look at the way we work and live. Have you got any key takeaways for um, that CAs can take into their future careers? Yeah, so I'd, I'd, I'd start to think about, about probably that growth mindset piece. So... Having spent a decade in hyper-growth companies, so companies that have grown more than 50% year on year on year on year, um, I've always assumed that the growth mindset is related to actually growing, and it's not. It's related to are you happy with what you're doing today in the business, or do you have a fixed mindset? So are you happy with the way businesses are happening? Are you happy with how you're treating your people. Are you happy with whatever's going on? And if you are, your business will look the same today as it did in the 80s. It will look the same today as it will tomorrow. So for me, that's that real difference between that fixed and growth mindset. Now, if this really resonates with a CA and they want to know more about a growth mindset, what do you suggest they do? So there's a couple of things. Give it a Google. Nothing wrong with that. Have a look in LinkedIn. There's loads and loads of really good learning and really good articles. Um, one of the benefits of being a CA is you do get LinkedIn learning for free. So highly, highly recommend spending some time on there. 
loads of articles there, but there's a couple of books that I've read and they've really, really resonated for me. Um, so one is Anything by Simon Sinek. Um, he's really, really focused on people. Another one is uh, the Pixar story. It's highly, highly recommended. It's really, really good. And the last one is the CEO genome. And that talks about what a chief executive should be doing within a business. And so it really gets to a chief executive sitting at the top table is really only in, in charge of two things, being culture and strategy. And if you can hit those right, the rest of the business will just harm. So if you're interested in changing and really getting in that growth mindset, you have to be comfortable that you're wrong. You have to be comfortable that what you're doing today, you won't be doing tomorrow. You have to have that change mindset. And, and once you get that, um, you have some really interesting and open conversations with people. Now I'm going to ask you to walk the talk. What have you done immediately in your new role? Oh. <laughs> Um, so I, I have, um, in the first week of, of walked into a business that at its core, they believe they're a facilities management company, uh, PAE in New Zealand, but they're not. They actually, what they do is they take away headaches from customers. So within the first couple of days, we'd gone through the above and below the line behavior. So I'd reset the, the culture for the immediate team. I also told them that it was okay to fail. And it's not often that you get your manager or, or director telling you it's okay to fail. But it was setting that expectation that I would much rather have honest conversations than have people hide information behind. And I also drew a line in the sand with the past. The past is the past. We cannot change it no matter how hard we try. So anything that we'd historically been doing, it doesn't matter. Let's look to the future. And so immediately that, that changed. We, as a business, quite transactional focus, but immediately we're start, starting to focus on strategy, starting to focus on growth. Um, conversations with banks as, as far as acquisition funds, really testing environments to see what would grow. So there's some really, really great challenges that are going to come about because of the company. And they've got some really good bones here. So for me, it's that real chance to move the needle. Mike here again. If you're looking for further resources to help you navigate the current climate for your business or your clients, be sure to visit the tools and resources hub we've specifically created for our members. Just Google Chartered Accountants COVID Hub or find it on the Chartered Accountants Australia and New Zealand website. Cormac, what's the one thing coming out of lockdown that you and Kapura did that you're really proud of? I'm really proud of the way we acted. And so that's shown in a, in, in a number of different ways. We knew that there would be vulnerable people who needed feeding. We have 35 plus industrial kitchens around Wellington. So we knew that we could provide food. So we banged our head for quite a while to set up a food production facility. And as a result, we fed over 225,000 meals. It was phenomenal. Over 8,000 meals a day to just the people of Wellington. And these are vulnerable people. So people who either can't afford it, people who cannot leave their house, because if they leave their house to go to the supermarket, they might catch COVID. But that's only one example. There's, there's numerous examples of, of people who have just supported each other. And so for me, that was that was the really fantastic thing. And also, I've heard some real shocker stories of, of how people have been treated 
both from an employee side and then also how managers have dealt with um, restructures or things like that. I'm, I'm really proud of the team for how we've worked it through and, and also how honest we've been on the way through. Is that something you're taking with you for the rest of your career? Oh, completely, yeah. You need to be empathetic and, and you need to be honest because if you're not, then you spend all your time trying to build up these barriers and so it, it, it takes too much effort to have two different faces or, or to be different. So the person I am today or the person I am at work, I'm, I'm the same with my kids because that's who I should be. Now, I'm interested um, in your observations with a 1,000 staff at 35 or so different geographic locations and in lockdown, did you come together closer digitally than you were previous to that? Yes. We rolled out a learning management system which had videos. We did Facebook meetups for the whole company and they could have a Q&A and people could ask any question they wanted. So that's how open we were. The reason I was laughing is we also, if you imagine that you've got our target sort of age for employees is maybe 18 to about 24. So if you imagine how crazy that age goes, um, when they're locked up for a month, there were some amazing videos that came out the back end. Um, so some of them can't be shared, um, but some of them were great. From that side, it was really, really good. Um, and for a lot of people, it was an outlet. It was a, it was the place they got to, you know, connect with the people they knew. Because inside their bubble, it was it was it was a bit tedious and a little bit trying. Um, so it allowed them that ability to connect and then and then sort of bring that positivity back to their bubbles. Cormac, now I know you've got some strong views about uh, what making it to the other side looks like for New Zealand business. Um, we've talked about quantitative easing before, but what do you see for New Zealand business on the other side? I think we're in a really, really good space, you know, and, and that's that's been done by the team of 5 million. So I think we're in a good space. We need to keep that happening. What do I see happening in the future? I suspect our dollar's going to get higher and higher and higher. And I suspect that if you look at how the US and how Europe and how other countries have been handling this, they've been throwing buckets of cash at it. So there is going to be a lot of indebtedness that's sitting around. And so that indebtedness either gets paid back over time or it gets paid back because interest rates or inflation increase or through quantitative easing. So my pick is is that interest rates can't increase dramatically in the near future. And the reason they can't connect dramatically in the near future is because otherwise that asset price is going to be impacted as well. So I think quantitative easing will hit the UK, it'll hit Europe, it'll hit the States. As a result, our dollar will keep on shifting up again, keep on shifting up again. We won't be able to sell product, and therefore we will have to quantitative ease. I think as a result, the government will actually have a really good set of books. And it always amazes me. So Paul Goff was talking about the Auckland City Council and a half billion dollar hole and investments that need to be made. They need really strong economists that can look at this and go, well, you know what? This is going to happen in Europe. This is going to happen in the States. Spend the money. We'll, we'll create it out of nothing, which I know a lot of people think is crazy. But therefore, we're going to be in a good position. The whole world's in the same position. I, I wouldn't get too fixated on something outside of our control. 
And back to something in your control, what do you think making it to the other side looks like for the Denton far now? It has made us reassess our life. So we were quite open to having three children. Now we have given it quite harsh thought. If you've been in lockdown with young kids, it's, it's not something you want to um, run into. We've also thought about how we structure our life, what that means. And when we're sitting there on our deathbed, what's the most important thing? And what do we want to do both in our time and work and also in, in our leisure time? So for me, that's a big take home. So for me, it's really making sure that I really believe in the organisations I work for and it's something I've always pushed for but I have to have a fundamental belief that they're doing good and it it makes sense because otherwise why would you? And then the other side is making sure that I actually hold myself to account with the family you know and it's okay I might not be there all the time but when I am I, I really need to have that quality time so technology free Tuesday it's one of those things that you just have to do. Cool Mick. Thank you very much for the conversation today. I always enjoy your company, and that's mostly because of the, you know, the fantastic insights and knowledge you have there. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mike. Really appreciate it. What a story. There were many moments in my conversation with Cormac that had me thinking about resilience. It's something that we've all had to draw on deeply, especially now, and Cormac has it in spades. Combined with a growth mindset and his determination to apply the lessons learned to shape the future, it's no wonder he's seeing the potential for New Zealand to build back stronger. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Making It to the Other Side. See you next time.